We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things, the word, the integrity of it, and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, his power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted word from God's servant. Get ready for a transformation. So today, I've been given the assignment to talk about grace is our reality as a family. Amen. Not just as individuals, not just as a wife or a husband, or, but grace as a family. And I apologize to the singles once again. Amen. But I'm sure you can learn one or two things from this. Grace is our reality as a family. And we took our anchor scripture from John 1 verse 16. So what is grace? Grace is the consciousness of God's unlimited resources accessed only through Christ Jesus. I'm just going to be running fast because of our time. It's the consciousness of God's unlimited resources accessed only through Christ Jesus. And when we say something is our reality, what does it mean? Please, no distractions. Um, guest experience, please, no distractions. It can be very distracting when up here. God bless you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So what is um, reality? The world or the state of things as they actually exist. It is not fake. It's not a photocopy. Hallelujah. It is not what? It is not fake and it is not a photocopy. So when you say something is a reality, it is the actual state of things as opposed to an idealistic or notional idea of them. What does reality also means? The real world. So grace is our real world. Grace is our truth. Grace is our actuality. Um, the reality in it says, just say, grace is my, grace is my truth. And what, what, who is that truth? Jesus. 
Jesus himself is that truth. So when I say grace is the reality of my family, you say that for your family as well. Grace is the reality of my family, meaning grace is our truth. Nothing else. Grace is our real world. There's no pretense. There's no fake. What you see is grace. Hallelujah. What you see is grace. It is the, it is, we walk in it. It is the realm which we live in. There is no pretense. And we as families, we need to carry that understanding. You have children. You don't have children. As husband and wife, um, God has blessed you with children. Every one member of that family must have that understanding that we are grace-oriented. That we are grace carriers. Whatever it is we do, everywhere we go, we step our foot into a city. We, we, we take charge of that city. You go to a place outside of Regina for, a first, for the first time. You should enter that place with the understanding and say, I have arrived here. City, open up your gates to me because I am a carrier of grace. And so in this land, I will be favored. That's the mentality that we should have. And you don't have to be married to even have that. You just need to know that you're a carrier of grace and you are grace personified. Hallelujah. So grace has since been given to us right from the moment we accepted the Lordship of Jesus into our lives. It's not a cliche. You know how we say something's not a cliche. We say it all the time in our, in our declarations in church. It's not a cliche. It is not a cliche. We are not, we are not forming it. Grace is not a cliche. It's not a phrase or opinion that is overused. You know how people say, oh, by the grace of God, this, this thing will be fine. Everybody's used to saying, by the grace of God, you know, just bastardize it without having the understanding that it is actually not a cliche. When you say grace, you should have that understanding that it's actually grace indeed. John 1, 17, it says, For while the law was given through Moses, grace unearned, undeserved favor, amplified classics, um, um, media, Please walk with me this morning. John 1, 17 in the Amplified Classic says, For while the law was given through Moses, grace unearned, number one. Number two, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing and truth. Look at it. It's in the scripture. That's why I said grace is our truth. And truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, while the law was given through Moses, Jesus himself, God sent his son Jesus and through Jesus, we received grace. And so for as many of us that has received Christ into our life and confessed him as the Lord, you are grace personified. Except you have not given your life to Christ. And if you haven't, whether you are here in person or watching online, you will confess Jesus today and you begin to walk in that grace as well. Hallelujah. So he says it's undeserved. So when you hear me say grace and I also say favor, it's the same. He says it is unearned, undeserved favors in the scripture, John 1, 17. Now, when grace is our reality, blessings, favor, and gifts will also show up. Because that's what the scripture said. It says grace heaped upon grace, blessings upon blessings, gifts upon gifts, this one upon this one, favor upon favor. So many, they are, they are like siblings. Where you see grace, you must see favor. Where you see favor, you must see blessings. Where you see blessings, there must be gifts. Hallelujah. So grace is our reality as a family. 
Because when we see, when, um, this is our reality, when you see blessings, you see favor. You will see gifts. They will always show up together. They walk in hand together. Hallelujah. You should expect as a family to be favored daily. It is an error for you to know Christ and not expect that today my husband must be favored, my wife must be favored, my children must be favored where they go to. It is a mindset. And if you don't have it, it won't work. It won't work. So expect to be favored daily. You should expect that God would divinely orchestrate things on your behalf. I read a book by um, Pastor Fola Adili. Pastor Fola is um, our minister that came for the women's conference. How many of you remember her? So some of us bought those books. Did you, if you bought that, that book, can you just raise your hand? Some of us bought the books. Okay, if you don't have it. Some women that have the book, maybe you should share with your husband. I've read the book. It was just her talking about how a family experienced favor in this Canada. In this Canada, she will go to shops, and this is not, this is not, the, the book is there. If, I, if, you need a, if you need my copy, I can give you. Come and meet me, I'll give it to you. Favor is real, that's the title of the book, and it's on Amazon as well. It's just $20. But I read that book, my mentality changed again. You know when you think that you know some things? I read, I read her stories. That book from A to Z was just talking about the favor she experienced in Canada. She would go to stores and buy, she wanted to buy a chandelier for their house. And at the end of the day, the man, you know, you know, things like, it's like a lie. It's like she's telling lies, but they actually happened. They, she didn't pay for the chandelier. They said, no, you can have it and go. Yes, that was how I was shouting when I was reading it. I was almost losing my mind. Do you know what happened? When I finished reading all the stories in that book, I began to experience favor too in another level. The last time I came to Regina and, you know, minister, did the Shaw Foundation sermon, I finished that book that day and I just went to the store, the African store, and I met someone. You know, everything, the guy paid for it. You see how it rubs off on you? You see when Peter Drew say, when you see someone that carries grace, don't deny that you don't know that this person has grace. Connect to it. Don't be proud and say, what is it? Hey, excuse me, that person carries grace. Or it's your responsibility to connect to that grace. Especially when you know it is tangible, you can see it. As a family, determine, make up your mind that we will experience grace wherever we go to. Whether in Canada or outside Canada, it does not matter. Everywhere I go to, I experience grace. Even when I'm not there, my children will experience favor and grace. Because it's a covenant. It is a covenant. It's our birthright. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, you can go and read the book. All, it was full of testimonies. There were some that was like, ah, ah, I'm close to her. So it's not as if I don't know her. And I post her for her. This is your book. She said, ah, you would think, you would think she's lying. But she's not lying. She's grace personified. Some people enjoy this grace in levels. Though. It's in levels and they enjoy it. So don't be deceived. You see what some people struggle for? Some people don't struggle for it. It comes easy. But it is, it is left for us to be sensitive to say, this person really carries grace. Lord, I tap into it. And it works. 
I know the number of graces that is working in my life right now. I know. I can count it. Because every time I come in contact, contact with that person, I make sure that I connect to it. Is that they lay hands on me or they pray for me? And in my mind, I don't collect them. That's it. And that's the way Peter does as well. Hallelujah. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So I, I, I said earlier, as a family, we are grace personified. We are grace personified. Walk in the consciousness of God's free-flowing grace. That's what Paul told Timothy. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 in the TPT translation. That's the passion translation. He says, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus. Like, I, like I've been emphasizing, you can only find grace in Jesus, not outside of Christ. And union with him. I remember Peter and I went to, um, what's this place called? Dallas Fourth Ward in Texas. And we went for Southwest Believers Conference. That's Kenneth Copeland's um, annual Southwest Believers Conference. This was in 2019. And you know when you go for conventions like that, it's always back to back. There are always sessions upon sessions. You have different speakers. So it's always loaded. So we had this break. You know, I think Peter went to the washroom and then I went somewhere. Maybe just to catch something to eat or so. Do you know that as I got to where I was going to eat, there was this white woman, you know, they called some of us, like, if you're pastors on something like that, get up, and they were, you know, praying for us and everything like that. So maybe some of them, maybe I looked too young then. So they were like, some of them actually came to me, like, you're a pastor. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to say? No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just me. I will run a ministry. Because I didn't know what to because I was like, it was still all fresh to me and new to me. And this woman was like, I just want to bless you. I just want to give you something. She brought out dollars. Though. And she gave me money. Now, I'm not saying grace is money, but I'm just telling you it's favor. In Dallas Fourth Words, I, do I don't know anybody in Dallas Fourth Words. What's my business with Dallas Fourth Words? I only went for convention to be blessed. Right? Guess what? Pete Sedge experienced the same thing. While we were not there together, somebody also blessed him with money. When I say this thing is real, it's real. When we were talking, when he told me, I was shocked. I said, wow, what's going on here? That's God telling you that you are anointed. You are anointed. You don't have to be a pastor to be anointed. You are anointed. You carry that grace everywhere you go to. So be conscious. As you go into your week, my children will be favored in their school. My husband will be favored at his job. My wife will be favored. Whether you are looking for a job or whatever it is you are trusting God, have the mindset that I, I carry favor. I'm graced. I'm graced. I don't settle for less. Amen. Every aspect of our lives, our career, our business, our family, academics, must reflect God's grace. Favor. Hallelujah. Every aspect. I'm so grateful for Peter for giving me this opportunity. Can you, can you celebrate him for me? You know, because sometimes you, you have these things in you, but if you're not able to share it, there's no platform to share it. You're on your own. Hallelujah. So celebrate my husband one more time. Thank you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Every aspect, career, business, family, health, 
academics must reflect God's grace. I remember that since we got to this Canada, since we came into Canada in 2016, I've never really struggled to get a job. I'm not lying. I have people that can share my testimony with you. I've never struggled. You know how people will say, ah, I've been laboring, I've been laboring. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with looking for people. People don't, I mean, things don't come easily for everybody. It depends on how God is working with you. So this is not comparison. But I'm just telling you my story. And the same thing works for Pitech. I've never labored to get a job. My first job that I got in this country when we came was a receptionist role. I did that role for maybe two to three months. I've never struggled. From there, I moved to the bank. From the bank, I moved to a chemical manufacturing company. From, I've never really struggled. You know when, even the CIBC job, some of you know I worked in CIBC. The CIBC job I got, they just called me out of the blue zone. I didn't apply. My resume was there in their whatever. But they called me out of the blues. And I got the role. I did not. But I knew it was God. Because even after that, so many other people was referred to that same bank. So God gave that role because he knows that some other people will be blessed because of that job. So he made me like a forerunner and then so other people will be blessed. Hallelujah. So when God is doing some things, you need to be sensitive and know that this is not, this is not ordinary. See what he says in John 1.17. He says it is unearned. It's not like it's your, it's not, it's not your sweat that brought it to you. It's not about the accuracy of that resume that you got the job. Amen. It's not your eloquency of your speech. It's not because your husband can talk very well or because he's handsome or because your wife is beautiful or because she's intelligent or because they have so many certifications. That's why God will favor. Mm-mm. It's not about what you do. You have your part to play, but it is not about you. It is about Jesus. We need to recognize that. Hallelujah. We must always remember that our God cannot be limited, and we as children cannot be limited as well. So you need to let your children know as well. When they are asking you for things and saying, oh, mommy, buy, uh, what's this thing they call it? Something light. Uh, Mario, hey, what's that game? Buy this. Buy, they're asking you for things that normally you should just you can get for them. You need to explain to them, God is the provider. God is the provider. You need to understand that God cannot be limited. And so because God cannot be limited, I can't be limited. I don't have to have the million dollar, but I cannot be limited. I don't have to have uh, dollars sitting down in my account, millions of dollars sitting in my account before I know I'm graced. Mm-mm. I'll soon get to that part. Grace is not just money. There's a, there, there's a currency that supersedes money or gold. It's called grace. So it's not just money that I'm talking about. Hallelujah. But we need to know that my God is unlimited and I cannot be limited. First Chronicles 29, 11. Amplify Classic. It says, Yours, O Lord. First Chronicles 29, 11. Amplify Classic Media. First Chronicles 29, verse 11. Amplify Classic. It says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power 
and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. All that is in heaven and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And yours it is to be exalted as head over all. What? Hallelujah. As head over all. It says, verse 12, it says, Both riches and honor come from you. Can you see that? And you reign over all. In your hands are power and might. In your hands, it, it, it is to make great and to give strength to all. Powerful scripture. That's the understanding that you know that God cannot be limited. And so I cannot be stopped. There's a need that arises. I might not have it now, but my God will show up. That's the mentality. Because if you don't live your life that way, you'll be frustrated in this earth. And begin to compare yourself to other people. And saying, uh-uh, do they have two heads? Why does their family, why is their family being blessed? Why is this, why is this? Don't compare yourself. But you have your own mindset. And work in that reality as a family. Family A is different from family B. But we all need to know because we are Christians and we are believers. So far we are in Christ Jesus. That our God is unlimited. And because of that, my family cannot lack. That's it. God's grace to his people is continuous and is never exhausted. Grace knows no interruption and no limits. His grace to us is continuous. Till we breathe, breathe our last breath, it's continuous. It's not, it's not, God is not that kind of God that will, he, would, he, will, he will give you grace today. He won't give you grace tomorrow. Ah, ah, no. No, no, no. That grace is continuous. That's why Paul was telling Timothy, he said it is free and it is what? It is flowing. It is free and it is flowing. So all the days of my life, till I leave this earth, I enjoy God's grace. Say that for yourself. Hallelujah. Let's look at some examples in the scripture. Mary, Luke 1.30, in the New Living Translation, says, Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, For you have found favor with God. That was when Jesus was going to come. Don't be afraid. There are some situations that will come as to you as a family. You experience some difficulties. God is saying, don't be afraid. Just like he told Mary, don't be afraid. You will experience that favor. Amen. Stephen, Acts 6, 8, New Living Translation. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Grace is also the grace that gives you the boldness to dare what you can't dare on a normal, on a normal day. What some people cannot dare, it's that grace. He says Stephen was full of grace and power. So if Stephen could do it then, then I can do it now. Because guess what? I even have the Holy Spirit now. That is in me 247. I can tell me what to do. Hallelujah. Joseph, Acts 7 verse 10, New Living Translation. Joseph, Joseph was just different. He was just a different human being. Jo- remember, Joseph was part of a family. We are talking about family, right? 
grace is our reality as a family. Is what we are talking about. Grace, I mean, Joseph was part of a family. Eventually, his brothers decided to betray him. But God had other plans for him. Sometimes when you see, notice that you are different from every member in your family. It's because God is interested in you. You are the one that they will say is this, this. I'm not saying you should be doing the wrong things. That's not what I'm saying. But you just know that your case is different. You've always just known that things don't, like your siblings, you can tell that your, your, there's something different about you. You're not just the same with your siblings. God is interested in you. That was the case of Joseph. His brothers betrayed him. His own brothers, flesh and blood. But guess what? God set him apart for his glory. God set him apart for his glory. Acts 7 verse 10 says, And rescued him from all his troubles, and God gave him favor before Pharaoh. How do you explain it? From prison to, to the palace. Is that not grace? That's grace. Someone that was supposed to be left to die. Betrayed, battered, emotionally traumatized. And God decided to say, it is you, Joseph, I want to favor it is you, Adewale, I want to favor. It is you, Adetora, I want to favor. Hallelujah. It says, and rescued him from all his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom. That's another thing that comes with grace too. Unusual wisdom. You know, when you have grace of speech. Ah, some people have grace of speech. You just need to talk to you and your life will not remain the same. It's grace. Grace. So that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. What about Daniel? There's some I don't even have yet. What about Daniel? Daniel experienced grace too. Was the only one that could interpret the, 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 the uh, king Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Hallelujah. What about Moses. God told Moses, he said, I will give you, I will favor you in the, in, the, in the sight of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Hallelujah. So many of them. When grace is our reality, we don't struggle with anything. I said that earlier. What others stress over and struggle over becomes easy for you. So as a family, when you notice that you're beginning to struggle with some things, eh, step back. Husband and wife, step back. Your children are struggling with some things. Step back and ask God, Father, what's going on? Why is, it, why is it a struggle? Why is it that we are turning this way? There's like there's a roadblock. Why is it that we are going this way? There's a roadblock. Step back and ask God question. Because you shouldn't be struggling. So if it's a struggle, grace is not involved. Then it's better you take a step back. It's like you want to make a decision as a family and then you are saying, and you are feeling unsettled in your spirit about that decision. Take a step back and pray. Seek God's face about it. Lord, this is what I want to do. Is it your will? Hallelujah. Because grace is easy. It is not a struggle. It is not a struggle. I remember how God dealt with me seriously. I was doing, um, doing um, um, like a program. And I needed this document to be sent to this particular organization. For some reason, you know how you feel that you can just even do things without 
You know, like you don't want to disturb God. <laughs> I laugh at my foolishness. Like you don't want to disturb God. You don't want to stress God. But meanwhile, he has not designed us to be like that. He wants us to always rely on him every time. Like 24-7. Like every day of your life. The Holy Spirit is just waiting for you to ask him. Help me. And I thought that, you know, I was doing this thing and it didn't work for almost two weeks. I was like, why is this, why is this so difficult? Just a document. Why is it a big deal? Then one day I was praying. Hallelujah. I was praying and as I was praying, the Lord gave me, <laughs> he gave me Psalm 127. What does Psalm 127 say? Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Who build it? Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes up in vain. Ah! I said, God, I knew what it meant. That means story. You're trying to do it on your own. And you will continue to struggle. I said, God, Holy Spirit, forgive me. I'm sorry. Do you know? And this is not a lie. This is real testimony. Do you know that what I've been struggling with, the Holy Spirit just said, do this, do this, send this to this. Within 24 hours. Within 24 hours. You need to know the God you serve. There needs to be a relationship. Within 24 hours, what I was struggling with, pam, 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 done. And I had to, you know, worship on the floor and say, Lord, I'm sorry. That was what Pastor Sam was telling us. If we were paying attention during Festival of Grace, Pastor Sam was saying, why do you have to wait till the last minute? Why don't you put God first? Go back and watch it. It's there. You know when he said it, I sat here, I was like, ah, I, I can relate to this because this one happened to me recently. Why do we have to wait? Grace does not make us struggle. Our grace is easy. So we need to enjoy it as children of God. Don't put that thing last and say you want to help God. You might think that you are not even... That, like, like I said, I thought maybe it was, I don't have to bother God with some things. But guess what? Bother him. Bother him because he's our father. Within 24 hours, that problem solved. Same thing. So many stories I've heard from Peter as well. He would be thinking about, how do I need... He shared the story of how, he, you know, when he was working with um, um, the government of Saskatchewan then. And they gave him some materials and everything. And he was like, how do I even start with this thing? I have no idea. And he prayed. Those three gave him direction and said, go on YouTube. Go on this. Go on that. And then he was able to, to deliver on the assignment given to him. So grace does not what? Grace does not struggle. So if you are beginning to struggle, take a step back as a family. You see your child or your children struggling with some things. Ask God. Pray for them. If you need to help them, help them. But make sure that the Holy Spirit is involved. As you are doing, don't do it alone. Hallelujah. There's a provision that supersedes money or gold. I talked about that earlier. It's called grace. Grace multiplies what you already have in your hands. Grace multiplies what you already have. As a family, your wife is earning income, your husband is earning income. There's a way God can breathe upon it. That it will be more than that income that you're earning. You won't even know how you're sorting the bills. You won't know how things are being done. You just know that God is taking care of you. Amen. You just know that God is taking care of us. Taking care of the bills, taking care of the children. Taking care of your extended family. Taking care of all that concerns you. Because if you, if you need to sit down sometimes and do calculation of how money goes out and come in, 
It won't be, it doesn't, it will not make sense. I don't know, but that's my own reality. I don't know about any other person. That's my reality. Because sometimes I sit and I'm like, wait, how did this get sorted? How did, like, where? And we are not stealing, no. We are not stealing anybody's money. It's grace. And God expects, God, God, it, that's why it is God. If you can explain it, then it is not God. If you can explain it, then it is not God. I love the story of the, um, the five loaves and two fish. In John 6, verse 1 to 7, where Jesus told them to one, look for how they will feed the 5,000. And they were like, how will we feed 5,000? They said even someone that had 200 denarii, that money, when they analyzed it, they said it's almost one year wages. You know how we collect annual salary in this, this, this place? You, someone will say, oh, my annual salary is maybe 160K. It was not enough to feed 5,000 people. And they said it was a lot of money at, as at that time. So there was, what, no matter what they did, even if they were giving them tiny, 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 it would still feed 5,000. So what was going to happen was that a miracle needed to happen. A multiplication needed to come into play for 5,000 people to be fed. And scripture said, after that 5,000 was fed, there were still 12 baskets left. What? How did he multiply? Five loaves and two fish to 5,000 people. Then there were extra 12 baskets. Does that make logical sense? It doesn't. If you try to figure it out, you will go mad. If you try to be calculating it and saying, ah, how did it happen? You will almost lose your mind because you can't figure it out because it is God. So grace multiplies what you have. You are earning income right now as a family. God is able to multiply it and bring upon it. It is not about the amount of money you are making. It can be $30,000 and God will breathe upon it. That you'll be so comfortable, your needs are being met, Things are just working for you. Meanwhile, some people that are even making more than you, are not, they are not even as comfortable as you. That's the truth. It's grace. And it's our reality. It is our reality. Hallelujah. Grace is our reality when our little efforts, now when I say little efforts, it does not mean that you will not, God is not saying we should be lazy. God is not saying you should be lazy. You know, you're supposed to go do your job in your office, but you're being laid back. You're playing with rest, yeah, being fired. So God is not saying be lazy. God is saying the little effort that you are putting in, into your work, I will breathe upon it. So sometimes you look as if you know how to do it in your office, but meanwhile, it's not you. You put little effort into something. I was listening to one of my mentors recently, and she said, Sometimes she's in board meeting and she does not even know what to say. And she goes to the washroom and goes there. Before she knows it, she comes out, sits in the boardroom and begins to give contribution. And they will say, ah, we've said it. Like a very loaded woman. What is grace? Is it her? But she's making an effort. But she knows that some, some solution needs to come from God himself. He needs to download the answer to you. He needs to download the answer to you. So if you want to excel in your job, in your career, your business, anything you are doing in your life as a family, make sure that you involve God every time. Make sure. Make sure. 
So your little efforts, he amplifies it. He makes it look as if you're the only one that can speak. He makes it look as if you're the only one that can do that business. So people are doing the same business. They are not making as much as you are making. So it's not as if maybe you went to do jazz or you did African magic. Or you didn't do anything. It's just God helping you. It's just the grace of God that you're enjoying, that you're, ex that you're experiencing, that people don't understand. Hallelujah. I hope you are getting blessed this morning. So as a family, God amplifies our little efforts. You do what you do diligently, but it is not your efforts. It is not just you. It is God breathing upon it. Hallelujah. Grace is our reality. I like this one. You know, when sin is no longer our master, we remind ourselves of the freedom of God's grace. And when we say sin, I don't mean committing adultery alone or committing fornication. It's part of it. Hallelujah. But sin is also gossiping. Mm. You know how people think that sin is only when someone is committing adultery or fornication. God, God is against all those but that's not only what sin is. Even not being contented with what you have is a sin. Not being contented with what God has given to you, you are eyeing another person's, another family and say, ah, they drive very nice car, their house is this. It's a sin, no? Because what, what God wants is for you to be contented with what you have at, in that season of your life and be grateful for it on your way to your, to your, to your, to your blessing. So when you are able to look at sin in the face, someone says you should come and gossip, and you say no. I love to gist, but no. I turn my face away. That is grace. And sin is also where you, you, you normally would, um, for example, you know that uh, some, people, some people just have it in them. They're just taking what doesn't belong to you. Some people do that, and they don't even know that they're doing it. They don't see it as a problem. You need to even teach your children what I tell my children. If you go and take stuff that is not yours without asking me or asking your dad, it's stealing. Yes, they know. So as a family unit, I'm speaking to us as families. Grace is our reality when our children also know that whatever you didn't give to them and they take it without permission, especially when they went to hide to take it, that's what is stealing. That's how my father trained me too. Anything you are not giving, don't take it. You need to ask for permission. Because I cannot be looking for that thing and then I can't find it. So that means someone took it without my permission. That's stealing. So I tell my children this every time. As parents, let's teach our children. When you take something that's in your, whatever you need, ask mommy or ask daddy. Or even ask anybody that is around that is an adult. Because if you're not careful, you know, this is how it starts for some people. For some children that became thieves, they became mega arm robbers. It is how they started. Because there was nobody to really tell them, you don't take what doesn't belong to you. I see a toy from them from school. I tell, who owns this thing? It's not, it's not my own. Someone return it back. Because that person will be looking for that toy. You'll be like, except maybe you had an agreement and you exchange. You know how children are sometimes. They'll say, oh, we traded in. Like my son, Lashay, that one is always, in fact, God will help me. But I will always tell them, tell, you need to say the truth. 
What happened? How did you do this? Even some of their snacks, they are trading it in. I'm not saying don't do it, but make sure you are telling me the truth. Grace is our truth. So in our family, we don't lie. That's how we should be training these children. Because God is counting on us. You cannot enjoy grace when you are not disciplining your children. Or you yourself, as an individual, you are not disciplined. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Grace is our reality when you experience all-round peace. I'm wrapping up shortly. Grace is our reality when we experience all-round peace. I like this so much. You know, you know how God just gives you peace as a family? You are, there's no rancor. It's not like you don't disagree. You disagree, but there is peace. There's a peace that passes all human understanding. You cannot just explain it. Hey, we don't have so much. It's not like we are very wealthy, but we, ha we, are, we have peace. Amen. Grace is our reality as a family when we have peace. You know when there's peace in your home and everywhere is just serene? The Holy Spirit is able to function properly. The Holy Spirit is able to move. Even your children can tell that, ah, there is peace in my home. They go to school and they want to come back home on time because they know that mommy and daddy is not fighting. The Lord will help us. Grace is our reality when you experience all around peace. First Corinthians 1 verse 3. First Corinthians 1 verse 3. The New Living Translation. It says, Media. I've not seen scripture on the screen. Amen. This is well. First Corinthians 1.3, New Living Translation. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Give you grace and peace. You know, I heard someone say, he says, the real wealth and asset of a believer is in knowing God. And the highest definition of success is the presence of peace. So no matter how wealthy you are, no matter how blessed you are, if you don't experience peace, you're not enjoying grace. Even if I have billions of jets, I have this, I have that, I'm comfortable, I can buy anything with money. If you do not have peace, you have not attained that level. So as a family, as individuals, you need to experience God's peace. It is also grace of God. It is also the grace of God. If peace is meet, missing and I'm, I, I, I'm, and I'm always, you know, troubled, like I don't have the peace of mind that I need, then I'm not enjoying God's grace because God's grace does not say that I should be struggling. Why, was, why must I be terrorized every time by the devil? I already have the understanding that Moses brought law, but Jesus brought grace. And I have this Jesus, so I must experience peace by force. And so when you don't experience peace, when you are not experiencing it, pray, worship as a family. When there's always rancor in the home, pray. Cast that devil out and that demon out of your marriage. There has to be peace. Even your children need to experience peace. The children as little as they are, they are so sensitive. 
that you'll be worried, you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be wondering how they know some things, but they are paying attention. You say, oh, they're just two years old, they're just three years old. They know. Because they have their own spirits too. Hallelujah. You'll be shocked. They have their angels, ministering angels. So we must experience peace. And some of my final points here. Hallelujah. How can grace be our reality as a family? Number one, acknowledge the giver of grace. How can grace be my reality as a family? The Tejima Day family. The Odetsunde family. The this family. How can grace be my reality? Acknowledge the giver of grace. Who is the giver of grace? God himself. You know how the people in the world will say, oh, I'm lucky. Mm -mm. We are not lucky. We are blessed. Is luck, luck is not in the scripture. Yes. Luck is not in the scripture. You know, they, they couldn't find a word for it because they don't have the understanding in Christ Jesus, right? So they will say, oh, you're very lucky this is working for you. Mm -mm. This is grace for believers. We call it grace. I am not lucky. I am blessed. It's not luck. It is grace. You know, some of us that will say, oh, it's luck. Please, if you're a Christian, don't be saying that. Hallelujah. Don't say that. It's not luck. It is grace. Oh, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Acknowledge the giver of grace. Um, Psalm 100 verse 3 in New Living Translation says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So that's number one. Number two, I want to make sure I finish on my time here. Number two, engage in covenant practices. Engage in covenant practices as a family. Grace was delivered to us by covenant. What are the covenant practices? Giving. Give as a family. I don't have the time. I will share so many experiences with you. How sometimes we have to go and give sacrificially. Whether we have the money or not. You carry whatever you have, you go sow it as a seed. Hallelujah. As a family, talk together and give. Sacrificial giving. Serve as a family. Serve in the house of God. Amen. Pray for your leaders. You know how you have spiritual people above you? Pray for them. You are, you are praying for grace upon yourself if you don't know. Script, it's scriptural. Scripture says pray for those in authority. Pray for, for your leaders. It's a scriptural. I know some people that I, I, I covet the grace. Yes, I can use that word because this is what they have and I, I want that grace. So I pray for them. Amen. Cultivate the habit as a family. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your pastors. If your pastors are not doing well, they cannot minister to you. Amen. Pray for their family. Keep them in your prayers. Hallelujah. That's, those are covenant practices. When God sees all these things, there's no way you will not enjoy grace, the grace of God. Because you are selfless. Deuteronomy 25. Now, talking about giving. It says, give generously to the poor, not grudgingly. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. You know, when you say, oh, we want to sow a seed. And you don't agree as a family. Then it might not work. So if you want to jointly give as a family, you need to agree together. 
okay, what do we give? And then you seal it and pray. That's agreement. That's covenant. And God sees it and is very happy. God is very interested in families. He's very interested in families. So when you are working together with your spouse, oh my God, the devil is mad because of that. He's mad because guess what? You would, you would achieve so much united, yourself, your spouse, and God. You'll be able to go faster and achieve things faster when you are engaging in covenant practices together. Together. Not as one individual. Not as, I'm doing my own. My husband is doing it. Mm -mm. Scripture says you have become what? So why, why the division? Number three, confessing and declaring God's word. Positive affirmations every time. In this house, we don't use nasty words. In this house, we don't say negative things. You don't even call sickness my own. It's not yours. Hallelujah. You don't say negative things. Throughout, you are confessing. Teach your children how to, call, how to say positive affirmations. I am blessed. I am a kingdom influencer. I carry grace everywhere I go. Amen. The part of the righteous is... The, 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 uh, what's that scripture again? It shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes. Keep confessing as a family. In this family, we do not lack. In this family, we do not beg. In this family, doors open to us. In this family, gates of cities open to us. Gates of nations open to us. Come on, people. Declare it. Confess. That's how you, you, you enjoy God's grace. Hebrews 10, 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For, who, for, for he who promised is faithful. That confession of the hope is you believing that Jesus is Lord. And so I believe and I'm holding on to it and I'm confessing it over my family, over my children. Number four, grow in the things of the spirit. Study the Bible. Use the version app. If you don't have the time in the morning, later, whatever time, just make sure you're at least one chapter. Make sure you're feeding your soul. The days when I go without, minutes I go without, the Holy Spirit does not let me rest. Tori, you've not studied your Bible today. It doesn't let me rest. So please, study the word. Pray as a family. Most of the answered prayers of things, major things God has done in my family, it was the agreement between my husband and I. When we hold hands and say, Father, you will not put us to shame. And we pray and we declare it and we see it and we forget about it. And then God shows up. There's, there's power in agreements. Hold your husband. If your husband doesn't want to pray, hold him by force and pray and declare. I, I don't even need you to talk. I will do the prayer as a woman. Hold his hands. All we need to do is agree together. Amen. But men, please, you too, pray. Men, please, pray. You want to agree, you want to go for that interview. Hold your wife's hand. Father, thank you because this job is already mine. Agree together. Pray with your children. Bring them close. Lay hands on them. Wake up in the middle of the night as a father, as a mother. Pray and declare over your children. Those are covenant practices. Those are, those are things that you do, that you enjoy God's grace. Nothing more. There's no, there's no, there's no, it's not, it's not a cliche. 
is not a, a it's not rocket science, rather. It's not hard. They are easy things. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Study the scripture. So, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show yourself. To, study to be, um, 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 that's um, in KJV. But in New King James, it says, be diligent to present yourself. Approved to God. You are not studying to be approved to any human being. You are studying to be approved by God. So, you're studying this word. Is, your, is God saying, well done, my daughter. Well done, my son. It's a study to show yourself approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You cannot divide the word of truth if you don't study. You cannot, you cannot show approval that you are God's child if you don't have the scriptures in you. One chapter a day is enough. You don't even have to study too much. Hallelujah. Be a gracious family. That's my last point. Be a gracious family. Support others. Show up for people when they need you. In this, in this church, in this in lofty Christian center, I love the way families deal with themselves. If you are, if you are left out somewhere, it's because probably you are, not, you are not involved. Because people reach out to themselves. Amen. So show up for people. You hear brother, this is doing this. If you can't make it, go there. If you can't make it, call them. Send a text. Send voice notes. Teach your children how to be there for others. There's the time Lashai had a birthday party and all of a sudden he, he canceled it. I said, why did you cancel it? But I already told the boy's mom that you're coming. Now you make me feel like a, look like a bad mother because we're already RSVP'd. Now you're saying you're not going. I said, you have to go and apologize to her. You have to send the text message yourself. I'm not going to do it for you. Yeah. And I said, when you get to school, you go tell the boy you are sorry because my son wanted to play a game. He refused to go to birthday party. That me, I've already RSVP'd for you are, I said you're going to fix it yourself. Because we don't, in this family, we don't embarrass ourselves. And it's unfair. So you go tell that boy that you need, that you're sorry, you have, you have to get him a gift. Because he loved you so much, he invited you for his birthday. And then in the last minute, you canceled. So as a family, teach your children these values. Don't, don't, don't not show up for people. They're counting on you, then you don't show up. Then you now say, hey, something happened. What happened? This person is counting on you as my, my best friend. Or even if you're not that person's best friend. Then you don't show up. You don't reach out. You don't say anything about it. Then you just, you just ghost on the person. That's not good. So let's be gracious as families. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Can we rise up on our feet this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say one, this last thing that, you know, the Holy Spirit mentioned to me while I was preparing this sermon. He says, some people will be asking, can, can we ever experience God's grace? He said, some people will be asking, can we ever experience God's grace? Because most times, if I have to get a job, I have to struggle to get that job. I have to always fight my way to get everything. He says, tell them, that is because you have not yielded your all to me for me to undo you. So this morning, can you just close your eyes and just say, Father, I surrender myself to you. My, myself, my children, my husband, my family, my business, my career. I'm sorry, Lord, in any way that I've fallen short of your glory. In every way that I've not always, you know, released to you, that I've been struggling to do things myself. Can you speak to him this morning? 
He says it is because you have not released yourself to me wholeheartedly. You are still thinking that you can do it by yourself. Open up your mouth and say, Father, have mercy upon me, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I yield everything to you from, from now on. I yield everything from, from now on. I enjoy your grace. I enjoy your grace. I enjoy your grace. My husband enjoys your grace. My wife enjoys your grace. My children enjoy your grace. Everyone that comes in contact with me, they contact grace. Are you praying this morning? Hey, you didn't come to church for anybody. You came for yourself. You came for your family. Open up your mouth. Let him hear your voice. Thank you, King of Glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And so if there's anyone under the sound of my voice, watching online or in person here, and you've never given your life to Christ, or you gave it to him, but you took it back, can you please say this after me? Dear Lord, dear Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, that died, was buried, and resurrected for my sake. Father, I accept Jesus into my life this morning. I acknowledge that he is my savior. With my mouth, I confess. With my heart, I believe that Jesus is Lord. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for restoring me, Lord. Thank you because I begin to enjoy your grace from today. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.